Hi, we've got three stories from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about a four-hour sleep cycle allegedly used by Leonardo da Vinci and Nikola Tesla, the best way to avoid bed bugs, and everything you ever wanted to know about antimatter with some help from a special guest. That's Everyday Einstein, who you might know from the website Quick and Dirty Tips. Let's satisfy some curiosity. What's the least amount of sleep you can run on? Oh, gosh. No sleep, I guess. I can run on it. <laughs> Doesn't mean it's going to be pleasant. Have you noticed it get exponentially more difficult in the last five or six years? Because I have. To get less sleep? To just, yeah, to, to survive, survive the next day. Yes, I definitely have. And I've made a bigger effort to really try to get that sleep in. Yeah. I remember, yeah, in college, it was like four hours a night and I was just fine. College was awesome. If you're listening to this and you're in college and you can survive off no sleep, enjoy it while you can. Yeah. It's the best. But also life gets better after college, so... <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, no life stage is perfect. Yep. But if you are listening and you think you need more than four hours of sleep, then you might want to think again, because allegedly Leonardo da Vinci and Nikola Tesla stuck to an almost impossible sounding sleep cycle. Today, we present to you the Uberman sleep cycle. It's a polyphasic sleep cycle, which means you sleep several times in a 24 hour period. Most of us probably just sleep once, which is a monophasic sleep cycle. In the Uberman sleep cycle, you take six 20-minute naps evenly distributed throughout your day. Forever. That's your life. <laughs> and according to the polyphasic society, you can adjust the system in a non-equidistant way to fit your needs. So a little variety might still work. It's an intense sleep schedule, but science suggests it can work. A 1989 study published in Work and Stress found that polyphasic sleep strategies improved prolonged, sustained performance. So not only do you have more time to do what you have to do, you'll maybe even get better results when you do it. And the Uberman sleep cycle can radically change how much time you have. Leonardo da Vinci supposedly slept 15 minutes out of every four hours, so a slight variation on this. That's a daily total of an hour and a half of sleep. That could have given him an extra six productive hours a day. Da Vinci lived for 67 years, so he would have gained an extra 20 years of productivity over his lifetime. But Tesla allegedly never slept more than two hours in a given 24-hour period. And, well, he had a mental breakdown when he was 25. So it's not for everyone. Tim Ferriss talks about polyphasic sleep in his book, The 4-Hour Body. So we'll put a link to that in the show notes in case you want to take your body hacking to the next level. Just be aware of the risks involved and let us know how it goes for you. Cody, have you ever had bed bugs? One of my roommates used to insist that we did and we had to do the whole extermination thing where you move all your furniture away from the walls. Oh gosh. It was really annoying. They are bad news. But you didn't you weren't sure if you did? No, my friend and I just gave him an endless amount of hard time because we insisted we don't have them and we thought he was being paranoid, but to this day he swears we had bed bugs. Oh gosh, that's so hard. Yeah, better safe than sorry, I suppose. It is, but that's an extreme measure, you know? You really have to do a lot. It's not fun. Yeah. I mean, bed bugs are bad news, and there's always a chance you could carry them home from a hotel or a friend's house. So today we've got some tips from entomologists for keeping bed bugs out of your home. This especially applies the next time you stay at a hotel or even an Airbnb, by the way. First off, don't put your suitcase on the floor. Put it on a desk or a stand or even in the bathtub. Basically, any hard surface where bed bugs can't hide. Then look for bed bugs. Pull back the covers and the sheets, look at the mattress, even look around the box springs if you can. The headboard is also a popular bed bug hiding spot. An adult bed bug is about the size of an apple seed, so you might need a flashlight since they're tiny. 
and keep your dirty laundry sealed. A 2017 study showed that bedbugs prefer dirty laundry, so seal it away and never ever toss it on the floor. One more reason to toss those thrift store clothes in a dryer as soon as you get home too, you know, in case they're in there. You can find more tips in our full write-up on curiosity.com and on the Curiosity app for Android and iOS. But if you suspect an infestation, call a trained professional. There are some DIY bedbug solutions out there, but bedbugs are not easy to get rid of. Best to let an expert handle it. And so we did. And it was worth it because then we didn't have bedbugs. Yeah. But did we ever? Who knows? <laughs> Blake, <laughs> did we really? <laughs> we've written about antimatter on Curiosity in the past, but we've never really done a deep dive on this podcast into what antimatter is or where it comes from. So today we decided to give you a little background with some help from Everyday Einstein, a podcast from Quick and Dirty Tips. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Sabrina Steerwalt, and I'm Everyday Einstein, bringing you Quick and Dirty Tips to help you make sense of science. Antimatter may sound like science fiction, but it actually surrounds us every day. Antimatter even gets produced by the bananas sitting in your kitchen. More on that in a minute. Antimatter also poses one of the biggest mysteries in physics. When an antimatter particle and its opposite, regular matter particle, encounter one another, they annihilate and produce a burst of energy. During the Big Bang, regular matter, the stuff you and I are made of, and antimatter should have been created in equal amounts. Thus, we would have expected all of those matter and antimatter pairs to have crashed into one another, leaving behind a universe full of energy in the wake of their destruction. And yet, we are here, in a universe full of regular matter stuff. Matter is made up of atoms, which we have mapped out as a nucleus of subatomic particles called protons and neutrons, with electrons swirling around it. So subatomic particles, those proton, neutron, and electron pieces that build together to make an atom, can have charge. And they can also have spin, a quantity that represents the particle's angular momentum. Every matter particle is believed to have an associated antimatter particle, which is identical except for having the opposite charge and spin. For electrons, that antimatter particle is a positron, which has the same mass but positive charge and a counter-rotating spin. Antimatter electrons are used in medical imaging to get high-resolution views of our bodies. If you've ever had a PET scan, that P stands for positron. The bananas sitting in your kitchen also produce positrons. Bananas are rich in potassium, an element that always has 19 protons in its nucleus. Different forms of potassium, called isotopes, have different numbers of neutrons and differing levels of stability. Bananas tend to have a lot of the isotope potassium-40, which has 21 neutrons and will occasionally decay into argon, a process that spits out a positron roughly every 75 minutes. That may sound like a lot, but those antimatter positrons are quickly annihilated. As for why we exist at all and haven't been annihilated in a burst of light thanks to matter-antimatter collisions, the best theory so far is that there was one measly extra matter particle for every billion matter-antimatter pairs created, and that was enough to leave behind the matter-filled universe as we know it today. The reason for that initial asymmetry, however, remains a mystery. This is Sabrina Steerwalt with Everyday Einstein's quick and dirty tips for helping you make sense of science. Thanks to Everyday Einstein for the info.
You can find a link to Everyday Einstein in today's show notes or visit quickanddirtytips.com to find lots of great podcasts, including Everyday Einstein, Grammar Girl, Get Fit Guy, and more. Yeah, lots of good stuff. You can read about today's stories and more on curiosity.com. And if you love this podcast, you can now support us on Patreon. Patreon! Patreon is a way for you to give back to your favorite shows so that we can produce more awesome stuff for you. And you can get all sorts of cool perks, too. We'll put a link in our show notes to our Patreon page or visit patreon.com slash curiosity.com. We'll talk about it a lot more in tomorrow's episode, but we wanted to let you know that it's there, and we'd love if you would like to support us. Thank you. Yes. Join us again tomorrow for the Curiosity Daily and learn something new in just a few minutes. I'm Ashley Hamer. And I'm Cody Goff. Stay curious. On the Westwood One Podcast Network.